Welcome to Eventive Entrepreneurs, the podcast for business inspiration, featuring innovative entrepreneurs sharing their stories, best practices, and actionable tips, sprinkled with my favorite topic, event planning advice to build community and grow your business. I'm your host, Sarah Brush. Let's get this party started. Hey everyone, welcome to the podcast. Today we have Mary Francis and Jill Peterson with us. I am in definite need of this conversation because I have a tween daughter. Mary and Jill are the founders of Girls Mentorship, which teaches life and personal development skills to teen and tween girls. They see girls' everyday relationships with self and others as an area of opportunity to develop and practice the practical skills that generate confidence and influence over a lifetime. Hi, ladies. Welcome to the podcast. Sarah, hi. How are you? Good. I am so happy to have you here. And not only just to learn about the behind the scenes of your business, but I have a 12-year-old daughter and I have been learning so much from you just through social media. So I'm so excited for this conversation. Oh, thank you so much for that. Um, We absolutely receive that with open arms. We love hearing that kind of feedback from our social because we have so much fun with it. So it's nice to hear that we're not the only ones that are having fun with it as well. Oh my gosh, not at all. And do you do a lot of the girls that you mentor follow you on social media as well? Yes and no. I feel like we're learning what platforms girls are on versus their parents. So yes, some of them do follow us on Instagram, but where we really find them and communicate with them is on Snapchat. Okay. Um, They snap us, so they say. Um, (laughs) You know, we're trying to keep up with all the things, but Snapchat and really TikTok. So uh, more um, parents are on um, Instagram and Facebook. So if we want to communicate with the parents, we, that's where we show up. And then we also have TikTok and Snapchat to talk to the girls. Oh, that's so much fun. I'm kind of clueless on that just because my daughter doesn't have social media yet. Um, of course, she's always asking for it. So I would, I was thinking that they were probably on TikTok, but I didn't even really know much about Snapchat. <laughs> oh, it, we learn so much from these girls when we communicate with the girls that we mentor and they're not texting back. We're like, what, what is happening? Do you not, you're, we know you're on your phone. <laughs> we use Snapchat as a form of texting. And that's when we were like, oh, well maybe <laughs> if we need a response, we need to communicate with them in a different way. So the second that we started learning how they like to communicate and some of them prefer Snapchat over texting, we get better responses. So who knew? It's like what we thought of MySpace, you know, Facebook, I think we all know is where the older generation hangs out. So you're not going to find a teen or a tween on Facebook. They kind of feel that way about Instagram too. Like it's our generation's um, form, preferred form of social media. And it's definitely not for the age range we're working with. So it is, it's been very enlightening um, for us as well to figure out, to learn things from them as much as they learn things from us. 
Yeah. It's so fun that you guys are embracing that and just kind of meeting them where they're at so you can get the most like engagement with them. So that's super cool. So I would love to hear about how you started Girls Mentorship, because I know this, you know, was created in 2020 during that crazy year. Um, (laughs) And I also heard a story recently about how you both met and it had something to do with a Lululemon interview. (laughs) We created girls mentorship because it's what we needed. Um, as girls, we didn't start this type of work, um, in our lives until probably mid to late twenties, Jill, probably a little earlier than myself, but I didn't start, um, my personal development journey until probably late 2016, um, which seems like forever ago, but realistically it was only five years ago. So it was like, I really have started pouring into myself over these last five years. And the question just came up over and over and over again, what the heck would I have done with these tools? Had I had them when I was 13, 14, 15, 16, like prime, messing up ages, prime, mm-hmm. learning how to fail, learning how to pick yourself back up. And if, if both of us would have had the access to these tools or mentorship or whatever, whatever that is, I feel like things would have gone a lot smoother. Um, we could have learned those lessons a lot easier, picked ourselves up a lot faster. So I think it really just, it was born because we understood how powerful it is for us as women in this space, how much more powerful it could be for girls learning it that much earlier. Yeah. And in 2020, why, why start a business in a pandemic (laughs) Were the crazy ones who decided let's just go for it. But parents were in such desired need to have something available for their daughter because everything was shut down, school activities, hanging out with their friends. They needed, um, they wanted something for their daughter. That was a space where she can meet other girls, have somebody else to listen to them and coach them through it, maybe offering advice that doesn't come from mom and dad. So before before Mary and I started Girls Mentorship, I was doing performance coaching for teen athletes. And that was the the, the ask in um, creating something in the pandemic. And of course, I, I was trying to figure out what it was. And I was um, inspired by our mentors um, connection calls. And I'm like, if we can do this for women and it felt really fun and we looked forward to them, I can create this for girls. So I brought Mary on to help me lead this call series that I created for girls over the pandemic. And that was where we realized we have something so much more than just a call series. We have this business that is ready to be developed um, and, and really pour ourselves into it. Like Mary was saying, we needed this when we were their age and seeing just the results after a short four weeks with these girls was incredible. We, were, we, we knew we couldn't stop. That's so wonderful and exactly what they needed at that time. How did you figure out what programs to offer next? I mean, did you, you know, participate in different mentorships or masterminds that kind of helped you kind of think about how you wanted to structure your business? And did you kind of look to the parents and the the girls to kind of see what they were looking forward to going, you know, into the future? Um, I think I could answer that by saying we have no idea what we're doing. <laughs> Realistically, we're, we're 
kind of just throwing spaghetti at a wall right now and seeing what sticks as far as the feedback we're getting. Because when we first formulated this, we honestly thought that group coaching was going to be what was going to take us out of the gate. And we were completely wrong on that. Once we put our messaging out there, we got phone call after phone call after email after email from parents saying, we want you to work with our girls one-on-one. -on -one. They need that connection. They need that energy. They need to get off a screen. They need to be with people who pour into them outside of a group setting. So what we thought would be more impactful and more helpful and allow us to pour into more girls turned out to be off base for the moment. Now we've we've been in this for the past six months and we've been gathering that feedback in order to formulate more programs, hopefully making our way back to a group setting because we still really want that for the connection, for the communication between girls um, outside of our coaching. Um, but yeah, to answer your initial question, we've been in this work long enough to know that we don't a have to reinvent the wheel and b that we don't have to be stuck on one thing that we can try on a ton of different things in order to both figure out what serves us just as much as what does not serve us. And what we're realizing in creating these programs is that we initially thought we were going to work with the girls, we were like oh this is great we're going to you know, we're, <laughs> that's our avatar girls. girls. That's it. We're just going to work with the parents to get their email address and boom, they're off. And what we're learning through this process and the feedback that we're getting and really how connected we are with the families, it would feel different if we didn't pour ourselves into this girl's life a big part of her life is her family. So if we weren't connected to them, it would feel very inauthentic to who we are. And what we're learning is that it's a it's a unit. This program, yes, is for the girl, but we have such a connection with the parents on continuing the conversations that we teach in our sessions so that really the magic and the work is happening at home with mom and dad, but they're on board with what we're talking about to keep it alive, to keep the practice going and to be the question askers when we're not around. So come to find out, you know, we're also supporting parents, which we had no idea would even be a thing, but it's been the coolest, um, it, it's been the, the coolest um, experience that we thought we were set out to just work with one person. And that was the girl, the teenage girl. And now to come to find out, parents are like, we actually don't have tools. Can you help us? And we're like, okay, yes, this is making sense. Yeah. <laughs> so here we are now, you know, brewing some possibility around uh, a parent course or how we can continue to uh, support parents so that they can then um, continue to support their daughter in, in her growing her confidence. Is this the grown up and girl? Um, workshops that you might be doing? Yes, something along those lines. Something we're, along the lines, yeah. We're, we're playing with how it looks, how we want to deliver it. But yeah, we, we have so many concepts, like Jill just said, that parents are, you don't know what you don't know. And you obviously learned what you learned from your caretaker at one point. It's the whole nurture versus nature argument. Like if you didn't seek out different answers and you're not going to find those different answers. So it's like your mom baked a pot roast one way and you ask her why she did it that way. She's like, I don't know, because my mom did it that way. And you can go up <laughs> the line and find those answers. So it's like we've learned that 
if we don't communicate what we're communicating with the girls to the parents, then that's when the conversation stops. And it's like, well, if we want change and more importantly, their parents sought out our services because they wanted change, then we have to loop them in. We have to teach them the concepts as well, because like I just said, they don't know what they don't know. So they might think their daughter needs work on her confidence, but maybe they actually need work on their expectations surrounding what they want to see out of their daughter. So yeah, I can see how how powerful that would be together. And I would definitely love that to to do that with my daughter, Brooklyn, because I feel like, you know, she'll be one way with other people. And I know everyone will say this, but then when they're, when she's with me, it's a whole different story. So I think if we could work together, you know, in this type of workshops to really just understand each other and be able to just really connect and, and work through some of that stuff, that would be super, super helpful. Yeah, absolutely. And that, that can be hard because there's a misunderstanding like, oh, my daughter or my son in Jill's case is a perfect angel at school. And you're like, at home, they are not. What are you talking about? And it's like, your kids feel the most comfortable with you, whether you see it as that or not. So they're practicing ways of being They're They're pushing back against authority. They're really discovering their independence and their autonomy. So they can do that most comfortably in the space that they've known most personally and the most at home with family members where at school, like they're not going to do that with their teachers or friends because they want to put on a certain persona to make sure that they're liked. And I mean, we can go into a whole other tangent about that, but it's like parents automatically assume that it's a kid misbehaving when in fact it's not it's really just them figuring out who they are who they want to be what feels good to try on what behaviors um, flow with their personality so it's when we can take a totally different perspective on how our kids are acting and have those conversations I think we can get totally different results out of our relationships Yeah. And I think you provide so many great tips, um, you know, following on Instagram as a parent, things that I can do differently, because there's definitely times where I end up seeing your post and I'm just so frustrated with my daughter and I take a, you know, step back and I just see some of the things that you're sharing and it's really, really helpful. So I I just love that. And I'll be looking forward to that workshop. (laughs) Thank you. So I have another business, um, request from you guys. I think it would be so fun because I know we we both have a favorite person in common, which is Lindsay Schwartz. <laughs> if you could do something with like entrepreneurship for kids, like with the girls, I would yeah. love to do some type of workshop with that as well for my daughter. <laughs> well, we did happen to hear that she loves the Powerhouse Women podcast and got to spend a day at oh, HQ she... on the podcast herself. That was adorable. So that was absolutely adorable. And it just, it speaks volumes, I think, to the environment we raise our kids in. And really it is a monkey see, monkey do type thing mm-hmm. because She obviously has heard the podcast playing. She's seen the action that you've taken in your business. And we're huge proponents of that. Um, You know, there's a traditional way to look at raising your kids, which is they go from elementary to middle to high school to college to figure out what you want to do for the rest of your life. And there's just there's something wrong with that ideology because say, say Brooklyn wants to go on and be a doctor, right? You've asked her that since she was five. And then all of a sudden she doesn't get, she doesn't pass her MCATs and she doesn't get into medical school. Then that thing that she set as her goal from when she was five years old, now she's failed at that and she's lost her identity because it was all wrapped up in the fact that she thought she wanted to be a doctor. It's like, 
we ask kids who they want to be, like how do they want to feel along the way to reaching those goals? So if those goals don't happen to pan out, which is totally fine, we get diverted from those all the time onto better things. It's like, at least they have those core values and how they wanna show up in this world and apply that to whatever they do along the way. So we're not, I mean, we're, we're huge proponents for higher education. We think it's amazing, but we're also big proponents for going out there and, and trying things on first and going to a trade school and, and really expressing your entrepreneurial gifts because that age range is where girls are their most creative. You know, they don't, they don't care about other people's opinions so much when they're creating things and making necklaces and playing with clay. Like it's, it's very cool to see that innocence and see what that could become as a love later on in their life. Yeah, I love how you said that to just focus on kind of how they want to feel versus like what they want to do. I think that's just such a great point. Like if they don't succeed in some of those things, how much that, you know, kind of brings them down if they're focused specifically on that. Yeah, and we, we've been playing, we've been, we've been dreaming a lot over here at Girls Mentorship <laughs> around how many women see themselves in what we're doing. Like oh, I was that teenage girl once and I would love to help mentor. And, and we're seeing all these incredible women, whether they're moms or business owners, or they're a part of a team and a corporation, they want to help in some way. And like you were saying, it'd be really cool to expose your daughter to those women and experiences and maybe bring them in. It's like, take your daughter to work day. Yeah. It's, you know, figuring out something that also we're, we're trying to figure that out because so many women have have reached out to say how can I help and we know that we can't do this alone um, and we want to expose girls uh, to trying on other things because again we wish we would have had someone to say hey come here let me introduce you to this person or come try this out for a day or or just breathe belief in in a different way of thinking what, when we were growing up. So we're definitely exploring and mulling all of those ideas and figuring out how we can make it all happen because that would be, uh, that's just such a big dream of ours is to help other young girls continue to dream versus going through that period where you don't feel like you're enough, you're doubting yourself. And then sure enough, you wake up and you're 30 and you're like, whoa, <laughs> what happened for 10 years? You know, we want to kind of skip that, the, the, the years of um, that, like those gap years um, to help hopefully um, shorten shorten the gap a little bit for those girls growing oh, and help those girls find the purpose that they're meant to be in a lot sooner. Um, because we have such an amazing community that we've been able to cultivate mm -hmm. in different areas of our lives now, lives now that we've brought together them together. It's like, why wouldn't we want to use those relationships that have inspired and helped us get to where we are now to continue to help pave the way for the generation that's coming up? I'm just so excited for you both just listening to you and all of the possibilities in your business and the different directions that you can go. It's really special. Yes, you. I know. They're like, oh, yes. oh, oh, <laughs> like maybe, no, uh, maybe a podcast. That's, that's in the works. It's definitely that's, that's in the works. We've heard, we've heard that enough times that we're like, okay, it's time. It's time. Yeah. It's so good. So what tips would you provide to parents on just helping them connect with their daughters and 
you know, how to handle conflict. And I mean, I know it, it'll be different, very, you know, based on their family situation and things like that, but there are any kind of top tips or things that you might want to share? Hot tip number one. <laughs> I just said this today and I, whoever's listening, even you being a mom, I say this with so much love, but um, we have, and I'm a mother myself to two boys and we have such high expectations for our kids. And oftentimes we forget that we were once in their shoes. So when they mess up or they're not being the person that we know they are, we, we really harp on them. And that's where a lot of, um, of that inner dialogue starts. Um, and it's the, all, all of that kind of stems at home. So the biggest tip that I can say, one of, I'm sure we'll come up with a few more, is lower your expectations. <laughs> lower, not lower them, but manage them. Manage your expectations. So say, you know, your daughter isn't, um, she, she's supposed to uh, get a scholarship for swim and um, she's not, she's actively not um, being part of the recruiting process or whatever that is. It's, it's always looking at yourself first um, as a parent. We always say like discipline yourself first before you um, say something out of tongue or out of context. And, and that's going to happen. I say stuff all the time that I'm like, whoops. I didn't think that through and I need to go and make it right. Um, but a lot of time it's because I'm not managing my own expectations and I'm not allowing uh, my kiddos to pave their own path. I'm trying to do it for them, control that. Um, so managing your expectations will help so much conflict. Um, and it's always looking at yourself first before pointing the fingers uh, back at your daughter. And to just go off of that, there's a lot of inner work that I think we all need to do personally and individually. Um, so we're not projecting not only those expectations, but our past, our mess, our stuff that we got from somewhere else onto our kids. It's like the pot roast example. Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. I learned how to make this pot roast from my mom. So therefore I do it this way. And you should do it. Where this your way daughter's too. like, but I want to throw some onions and garlic. And, uh, that's not how we make the pot roast. Right. <laughs> you know, it's like, hang on, wait, how, yeah. how can we cultivate that environment for her to try on something new? Even if it's pushing up against how you were taught. And it's, it's so interesting because <clears throat> I feel like I can remember 10 years ago being at like a Barnes and Noble and the self-help um, section was like this big and people <laughs> were like, I don't, she needs help. I don't need any self-help. I'm fine. <laughs> I feel like we've come to a place so thankfully where we're talking more openly yeah. about personally developing ourselves and, and how, health. yeah, mental health mm -hmm. majorly on how important that is. So it's not such like a taboo subject anymore, but really the, the thought of disciplining yourself before disciplining your child, that's a huge, I need to take a step back moment and learn what my tone of voice is. How is that coming across? Am I projecting onto my daughter or son things that I probably shouldn't be. And that's that just take a deep breath, walk away if you need to, and come back to the conversation clear headed. So you're not saying things that you don't mean, because I bet all three of us can, can recall something that our parents said at one point that has stuck with us 
our entire life that makes us question things about ourselves. And that's the last thing we want to do to our kids, right? Like we send them off to school and we're like, have fun, you know, and, and they come back and somebody said something mean to them on the playground or, you know, they're not part of the mean girls club and that's making them feel bad about themselves. We're the last person that we expect to say those same things to them and have that stick. However, we're the first person that they can recall when they're 30 years old that my mom said something to me that has now, it, it's been something that's hung around for, for my entire life. Yes, I totally agree with just taking that step back because I feel I feel like that's so much with my dynamic with my daughter. It's just, you get so worked up sometimes, especially she's, she's a really um, big challenger. And so I feel like it's kind of constant. And so it's like, I really do need to kind of take that break and step back and make sure I'm showing up as my best self with her. Yeah. So thanks for those tips. <laughs> I'm sure we have more. I'm like anything else, but yeah, I was like, this is a little therapy session one. for me too. <laughs> asking for a friend. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm asking for a friend. <laughs> um, so, you know, with girls' self-esteem and, and things like that and self-confidence, how do you talk with them about that in your program? I or what is some advice? Cool. Um, Jill and I have is just being very open and very honest. Like when we don't know something, we're not going to pretend like we do. So we take that skill into our conversations with our girls every single day. And we're just, we're very transparent. We've struggled with it. So we can come to the table with examples and feelings of how even, even today, like I have not arrived. Jill has not arrived. There are times in our life where our self-esteem feels like it's taken a, a huge hit or our confidence is just in the toilet. So I think creating a safe space for girls to just be able to facilitate those conversations is the first step. Letting them know that our walls are down. So it's completely okay for them to come into this conversation and let their walls down as well. I would also say, um, I feel like we're in a new generation of being able to talk about feelings, but a lot of times we still are projecting how we were raised onto our kids. So when we do create a safe space and we're like, share, what are you feeling? Like, it's okay also to be experiencing those big feelings without shoving them down. And a lot of times girls tend to do that because they don't want to make their parents upset or they don't want to have a convert it, it they just don't want any they don't want any drama around it and then what happens as we all know is if you don't deal with it powerfully it's going to show up for them in some capacity in their future so even being able to say what are you feeling right now like identify how you're feeling with a feeling with a word and for them to be in the practice of that then that's helping them develop the, that sense of that, that self-awareness, which we are a big component. So we have three pillars that we teach on self-awareness, self-confidence, and self-worth. And for them then to say, oh, I can actually identify how I'm feeling. I, I'm mm -hmm. thinking about how I'm feeling. That's your, that's your self-awareness. I want to be able to choose how I move through my day because I don't want to feel anxious anymore. So I have these three things that Jill and Mary taught me. It's breath work. It's maybe going to my room and journaling or whatever tools that we provide for her. She now then can take that into her life. And that is freeing for girls to say, I'm allowed to feel. 
I have feelings. And as opposed to me quieting them, because parents really do an amazing job asking, hey, how are, can I help with anything? Like really they do. Parents are awesome, but sometimes they just don't want to talk to mom. They don't want to talk to dad. Yeah. And to create a friendship with these girls, to build a relationship where they view us as um, a mentor or someone that they trust, know and trust without being judged um, to finally get it off of your chest. It's cathartic for them. Um, and it makes them in that moment realize I can do it again and again and again and again and it's again. Like and it's just, it's just going to yeah. get easier. Yeah. The more they practice it, the more that practice is going to grow stronger. So all we've created for them is a place to do that practice. Mm -hmm. And we often liken ourselves to coaches, right? We are coaches in our own right, but we liken us more to like a sports coach. Cause I feel like pretty much every kid has mm -hmm. had some sort of experience with an extracurricular activity as in golf, swimming, basketball, volleyball, all the major sports. And we're like, okay, so you know, in practice, when your coach tells you what you did right and what you could improve on, hopefully coaches are using that type of language. <laughs> um, you know, so you can show up better in your next game. Well, we are coaches for you to be able to practice the game of life. So when we send you out into the real world, you've practiced, you've practiced, you've practiced, and now you can play the game. So we get a lot of like wide eyes when we say that because there's a correlation between what we're doing and how important it is just to show up as their best self, to show up as their most confident self, even if they might not have woken up that way that morning. They're like, okay, I can try this on. I can practice using these tools. And if I use the tools and the outcome is something that I wanted to happen, that's when I build my confidence. That's when it continues to grow for me. Oh, that's so good. Do you see, I guess, when you were doing your connection calls that the girls are wanting to connect or get support in a lot of the same areas? Yes. One of my favorite sayings around here is that as much as things have changed, they stay the same. And we've noticed that not only generationally with things we're dealing with now, right? Like side part and skinny jeans type things, <laughs> fanny packs are back, like all, all of the things that have gone out and come back. All these girls are struggling with so many different things under the same umbrella of what the actual problem is. Mm -hmm. yeah. So we're seeing, we're seeing a lot of girls struggling with how to communicate, um, meaning in the, in the sense of how do I not take things, how do I not take everything so personally? And then they take those things, they harbor those feelings or those those situations, those experiences without dealing with them properly. And then their whole perspective is skewed because they didn't know how to go to that friend and say, hey, you really hurt my feelings um, because now she's just not gonna be her friend or she's gonna be rude to her friend. And it, it, it's this whole thing. So communication is really, really big like um, on how to, how to powerfully deal um, with the stories that um, she might make up in her own mind, which then becomes her truth. And then communication with parents. So conflict, how do, how do you deal with conflict when that comes up? And we, we have, you know, a formula that we give girls and we practice with them and, and letting them know that no one is perfect and it's okay to mess up and it's okay to actually say how you feel when it comes from a good place. So it's, 
being able to teach them like the things that we wish school was about um, so that they then that it doesn't become a problem for them. So communication is big, big, big um, confidence. How do I get it? Um, I, I'm looking to this girl who I admire and I want to be her. And so then comparison comes in and then we talk a lot about leadership and um, it's all the same leadership, comparison, communication, um, mindfulness, teaching them how to be mindful and why it's important to be present versus stuck in the future, stuck in the past. Mm. Um, so just things that, again, we wish we had that we have now that it's so imperative to teach not only the girls, but also the parents so that they can continue the conversation. Well, and it, it's definitely apparent that they all struggle with those same things. So at first, when we were first formulating this business, it was like, well, what do we, like, we can talk about this, 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 and this. Like we, we have so many things that we're well-versed in, but as we have had client after client after client and worked with girls for the period that we do, we've noticed that we start saying, or implementing the same topics to cover. So it's like, okay, there's not necessarily a formula here, but there's a, a path to follow that yeah. all girls seem to be struggling with in their own way. Yeah. We talk a lot about personal values mm -hmm. um, because when girls, I know Mary kind of spoke to this earlier, when girls know who they are, like, who are you? What matters to you? Can you name those things? Um, when they're, when, they're, when they're approached or when they're in a tough situation that they have to make a decision, um, that's, their, that's their North Star. That's their place to stand on and be like, this actually, I'm gonna say no to this because I don't, it doesn't align with my values. And oftentimes girls um, who don't know who they are, that's when you know they get pulled in a million different directions. And we're not saying that our girls that we work with, like, they're angelic and oh, they never make <laughs> no. a mistake. No, girls are, they're going to make mistakes, but now we have something to stand on. Hey, were you in integrity with that choice? Because what you told me that you, that matters to you is when you're this. And that choice did not showcase that that's the place that you made that decision from. And what that does for them, it gives them an example to look back on and say, oh, one plus one didn't equal two there. Mm -hmm. It actually equaled negative five. And that's where I was off base. So when they're faced with something the next time and the next time and the next time, again, it's the muscle reference. If they can practice going back to that North Star and what is important to them, then when they're faced with something, when they're 21, 22, or they're in a corporate job and they need to ask for a raise, but they're too scared to, they can go back to what's important to them and say, this is exactly what I practiced. And I am not comfortable going into this conversation, but I am well equipped enough to. Oh, I'm super inspired right now. What do you think is the kind of formula with how much you communicate with the girls? Like, are you, you know, meeting once a week and then texting with them on a regular basis? Like, how do you kind of figure out what that um, amount should be? Um, I feel like it's kind of individual right now to the girls we work with. We definitely meet up once a week um, and then it kind of varies from there. Some of our girls are in sports, some of them aren't. So some we have a little bit more touch points because you know, they had a tournament that we want to know about. How was their mindset? How did it go? How did they take the coaches feedback? Some um, follow us on social media. So we have a good mix of 
their comments and them being in our stories and then texting on the side. We basically tell our girls that we're available to them throughout our program um, for whatever they need. We've had girls text us at 10 o'clock on a Saturday night and say, hey, I'm at a party and I really want to be at this party, but my anxiety is killing me. What do I do in order to actively engage with who I'm with right now, as opposed to freak myself out and want to go home? Um, we've had girls text us during a Sunday tournament at 2 p.m. in the afternoon and say, I'm not getting the playing time because I'm in my own head too much. Like, what do I need to do? So we really leave the ball, no pun intended here, in their court um, for them to really practice again on us the skills that they need to have in their life if they're going to be in community and in relationship with other people which we're we have to mm -hmm. <laughs> we're we're in that regardless of if we want to or not so it's it's in their court as far as how much they utilize us that must just feel so good when they're reaching out to you in those specific situations. I mean, that they think of you first and want your advice. Oh, it melts my heart. So, yeah, we'll get like random, hey, I need advice. What Ooh. can I do? Or it's like, I'm going to get my driver's license test. <laughs> I just got a new haircut. What do you think? Oh, it, it is. It literally is the best. And uh, we want to celebrate it all. So, um, whatever text that we receive, we'll always bring it back up in our sessions that we have in person. Hey, good job reaching out to us. Here's why. Or, hey, thanks for sending that text about you getting your driver's license. Like, let's talk about how that made you feel. Or same about the haircut. It's like, oh my gosh, how, do, how does this haircut make you feel? It's all about the feel because that's what we want them to keep searching for. It's not about the goal or what the goal is going to, you know, bring to bring them. them. It's the feeling. It's the feeling. We always want to make sure that, hey, what I did, that felt good for me. And I want to continue to feel that whether it's constructive feedback that I got from my mentors and then I took it to my coach or, hey, I felt really beautiful when I took a selfie after I got my haircut. <clears throat> I want to feel like that every day, not just when I get my haircut. Well, and on the opposite end of that spectrum, when they come to a session and they tell us something that happened in their week that what didn't go so well and they didn't utilize us, that's a perfect opportunity for us to continue to drive that point home. Like, hey, when you have a disagreement with your teacher or you need help formulating an email that is asking, reaching out for help, um, obviously during the pandemic, a lot of grades slipped, which is a, a big problem for a lot of parents. It's like, okay, well, here's, here's another opportunity for you to practice asking for what you need. So is that an email to your teacher that says, Hey, this is going on. This is going on. This is going on. May I have an extension on this, on this deadline? We, I feel, I feel like we often look at people as authority figures who are just human beings, just like the rest of us. So teaching girls that they need to be able to use their voice and practicing with us, like if they had that hard week and then we meet with them, they're like, God, it was just so terrible. And I had such a hard time. It's like, well, utilize us. We're more than willing to help in those areas. If you reach out and ask, you have to ask. We're not mind readers. Yeah. And how do you find the right balance between the girls feeling like they can share things with you versus what you need to share back to the parents. I, I know I, I truly believe Mary and I have a superpower. 
Mm. It's a superpower in the way that we connect to build trust quickly while um, not allowing um, not allowing them to play small in their life. So for them, we are so relatable because we have experienced everything. And I'm talking like there is nothing that a girl can tell us that we haven't done or that we haven't experienced, whether that's going through um, our parents getting a divorce or Mary having, um, having to raise her sister through the system and you know, me partying like a rock star when I was younger. It's just like, we've done it all. So for us to then say, Hey, I, I, we've been there. We see you and it's okay. You're not bad because we have this image. Like as women, we want to be perfect. We don't want to mess up. And for someone else who on the outside seems like we have it together now in our thirties to tell them like, we haven't even arrived. We still mess up. We were once you, and here's how we're going to challenge you. Because if we were to do it again, here's what we wish someone would have told us. So we just play the, hey, tell us. Like you, you, you trust us enough to be open with us. And as your coaches, because we say from the get-go, we're going to coach you. So yeah, do we love that you vape? No. Do we think you're terrible for doing it? Absolutely not. But the fact that they even told us and that we're working on a plan to eventually, you know, share why it's not good, why nicotine isn't great. Eventually we want her on her own terms to say, I'm ready to throw this away. I'm done with it because I'm ready to continue to show up in my life, to level up in my life, to be better for my life. So with that, all of that said, we don't, we don't placate girls. We don't allow girls to sit down on themselves. Um, We challenge them at every opportunity that we can, but like Jill said, it's, it is a superpower. Like we can't, we can't lead the horse to water and force it to drink. And we don't want to do that because we understand that at some point, if we're doing that and we're pushing, 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 then we're going to lose that trust. And I think that's why a lot of parents reach out to us because they have pushed a little too much and they've lost all control over what they actually want to get out of their kids. So it's like, we, we just, we have such a good sense for people that, it's, it's easy for us at this point, which is amazing because it hasn't always been. Um, it's been a practice for sure to, to continue to show up. And, and that's what we ask our girls to do is to continue to show up regardless of how you're feeling, whether it's a good day, whether it's a bad day, because where else in your life do you get the permission just to, to be who you are without any restrictions. Um, and so when they, when they can feel comfortable in that, that's when they really start to play ball and that's cool. And then because you have such good relationships with the parents, do you feel like you just know naturally when maybe something that the, the girl is talking to you about should be shared with her parents versus what you should keep private? Is that kind of a hard balance to figure out sometimes? Um, necessarily. We tell our girls right away that one thing we are not is spies. So everything 
intimate detail wise that they want to share with us will stay with us unless it crosses the line of safety. Um, We give parents like a general overview of what we chatted about and then like a a prompt list of questions to ask if their girls want to share. So it's like, instead of just closed ended questions, like, was your meeting good today? Yes or no? Boom. Yes. Okay. Um, Did you have fun? Yes or no? No. Like you're, parents need to realize that open-ended questions are gold. So if, if we can lead the parents to probing questions that are like, what was your favorite part about the meeting today? Mm-hmm. Then that conversation can snowball a little bit more into what the girl is comfortable sharing, hopefully to open that door between them for future interactions. Um, if parents come to us and ask specific questions about what happened in the meeting, then we're more than willing to share, but we don't ever really want to violate the girl's trust right. because that's what is most important to us after obviously her safety. Yeah. yeah. And, and um, on the other side of the coin, it's parents, we talk to parents often and there are things that we don't get to see at home that they share with us that we're like, perfect. We'll take that into our session. And we don't want to blow up mom and dad. We don't be like, well, had a conversation with mom and whoa, you, it looks like you flew off the hinges and we don't want to ever throw anybody under the bus. So we know how to edify conversations to then just start asking the right questions so that she then can be like, oh yeah, mom and dad found some booze in my car and that didn't go good, you know, versus like, hey, do you need to tell us something that your mom and dad found in your room? Or, you know, we don't, we never want to pin anyone against anyone against each other. Mm -hmm. We're all one big team. Yeah. It's that partnership and you guys sound so great on how you work with the parents and with the kids. So I'm excited to participate in this going forward. (laughs) Um, I have one last question. So I went out to the Instagram community and just asked if they had any questions. So one of the questions was from one of my good friends who has a daughter in your program. So Angelique Beauty, and she has Lily in the program. So she had brought up, you know, what are some of your tips on getting the girls to kind of practice what they learn? Because she was just talking about how amazing everything that you guys share is and how happy she is with the program and just kind of overall, like, what would you, what would you say to kind of help the girls that are maybe resistant in practicing what they're learning from you? Um, so I'm, I come from a fitness background. I've coached classes. I owned a gym. It's been the better part of the last decade that I've helped people along with that journey. And um, it's very similar in mindset to this, where we get the person for a certain amount of time, once a day, once a week in this case, but there's 23 more hours in the day for that person to be held accountable to their action. So if they're working out with me for one hour and they do the best they can, they had a great workout, but then for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, they eat donuts. Obviously that work is going to be flushed totally down the toilet, right? Mm-hmm. So It's about the practice still and enrolling, like we just said, the team in that vision. Um, Parents have to be willing to put that hat on and continue to practice and continue to push their kids to be better without obviously, like I said, overdoing it. Um, But it's the monkey see monkey do. So if mom is practicing the concepts that we preached on in our program or through our Instagram, if they're actively applying those. It might not happen overnight. It might not happen in a month. It might not even happen in a year's time, but 
repetition after repetition after repetition, kids are going to get in line with what they see is happening at home. So if there's negative self-talk on parents' part, like, oh, you should, you should pour into yourself, but mom isn't doing that. It's not a, it's not a, a monkey say monkey do like you could say it to your blue in the face and the kids aren't necessarily going to get it they're going to get it by seeing other people around them their closest individuals practice it right and just one more thing to add is um especially being a business owner now but also doing personal development work before i started my business i kept searching for what was next as far as like how I, I like this version of me. So after a program that we do with girls, what we're also trying to figure out is how do, who else is in the line, like the chain of command, like where, what other programs are out there to keep, like Mary said, the reps going. It's all about repetition. So it's also on the parent to say, what, what else can I put her through that's going to keep these concepts alive because I'm doing it at home, but where else is she getting this type of feedback? Is it at dance class or is it, um, is it with her, her swim team or whatever it is, or maybe it's with another, you know, another mentorship program that we're putting on. So it doesn't, after four weeks, eight weeks, the girl is not going to be transformed. She will be transformed within in a, in a way, like we're starting to plant the seeds, but externally it's watering and nourishing those seeds that we planted to really help her blossom and grow. That's great. You know, what would be amazing is if this program was in schools eventually. Hmm. You're speaking our language. (laughs) We're doing that a little bit with one of the nonprofits that we work alongside with. Um, They have incorporated something called Botvin Life Skills. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's been, I think, about eight years that they have gone into like Scottsdale school systems, Tempe school systems, and really dug their teeth into like seventh, eighth graders and continued to have this life skills training throughout their high school years. So it's not just one kid getting it, it's a class of kids getting it. And then it becomes a culture of the school. Um, So we are fortunate enough now to be trained life skills facilitators with um, the Botvin certification. And within the next month or so, we will actually be going into schools to facilitate this training. So we're pretty excited about that. Um, it's such a it's such a beautiful space for us to continue to learn what we're capable of and what we can teach and take into our own programs from, from this experience. And reach, reach other girls that we won't have access to as right. well. Yeah, yeah. Oh and, and it's boys and girls. Yeah. So, so we get a, we get a whole plethora of, of experience. Yeah. Oh, I love this conversation so much. And I'm so excited about the work that you're doing and, you know, supporting girls and their families. And I just love talking with you. Is there anything else that you want to share with the listeners? We make really funny reels. So go, go uh, to our Instagram, give us a follow and a support. And we're always taking requests for practical um, examples of things that we can make funny and easy to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. I could attest to that. Their reels are hilarious and they're so (laughs) relatable and I absolutely love watching them. So definitely head there. And then I will put all of your contact information in the show notes so everybody can get in touch with you. And I really appreciate you guys. Thank you. You're the best. Thank Thanks you for so having much. Us. This is fantastic.
Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I'd love to connect with you on Instagram at Event of Brush and in our private Facebook group where we continue this conversation. All of these details are listed in the episode notes. Your time is valuable and I appreciate that you spent it with me.